today, the promised life, and there ain't no grave. I'm so grateful for Jesus this morning. Ain't no grave going to hold the body down because anytime you need a grave, it's just going to be a borrowed grave, just like Jesus. He says, I just need it for three days. I'm just going to borrow it for a minute, and then I'm going to give it back to you because I don't need it very long. And it's the same way with us. My goodness, we got to see death in the grave from a different perspective this morning. To see it as a promotion that it really is. There was a little boy, and uh, that's good. I'm good, Johnny. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> but we'll do it next service if you're available. <laughs> the little boy is a 10 year old boy, and he, he's like, he, he had been to his grandma's funeral, and he, he was talking to his mama about dying and, and didn't understand how, how you could be in heaven and all of that and how that process is. I had a friend of mine that died of a cancer, a real close friend of mine, and he said, Randy, he said, dying really doesn't bother me. But he said, it's the process that bothers me. Is that, That's the how of the process. And, and uh, so the mama told the little boy, he said, you know, when you go over to your grandparents' house, sometimes you fall asleep on the couch. And you just go to sleep, and your daddy comes and picks you up and puts you in the car and takes you home, picks you up out of the car and puts you, puts you in your own bed at the home. And, and you wake up the next morning in your own bed, but you didn't know how you got from your grandparents' house to your bed. Your daddy carries you. He said, that's kind of the way it is with Jesus. When we die, we, we, we fall asleep, and God, with his big, strong, powerful arms, comes and picks us up and carries us to our home in heaven, and we wake up in heaven, uh, and that's just, that's just the way it is. And the little boy, he, he, he's like, that makes sense, Mom. But I wanted to share that with you because we're talking about the promised life, and you can't really talk about, you can't really talk about living this life without talking about living in the life to come. The graduation, if you will, and not really seeing death as a miserable, terrible thing that we look at it like, uh, I, I just want to help your perspective today. Like we said last week, you remember that life is more about how we perceive things. It's about 80% how we perceive things and 20% how of what really actually happens. Your perspective, y'all stay with me, your perspective on life will determine your success in life. Your perspective on life will determine the victory that you obtain in life or the defeat that you have in life because of your lack of perspective. The biggest challenge that we have is seeing ourselves and seeing our walk with God from God's perspective. To see ourselves and to see this process of the thing that he calls life from his perspective. To God, when we die, it's like he just picks us up and carries us to heaven. And that's the reason he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
our last breath on earth is our first breath in heaven. And it's not a terrible thing. It's something that is really, really blessed for those who really believe what God really said. Ain't no grave. <laughs> I love that song. So God was walking, he was walking through the cemetery and uh, uh, on the tombstone, he read the tombstone. I don't know if y'all, I don't, I kind of like going to cemeteries and looking at the tombstones and seeing what they read. And on this tombstone, it says, pause now, stranger, as you walk by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, you soon will be. Prepare yourself to follow me. And somebody must have read that, and they, they made a little plaque themselves, made a little board and, and wrote on the board, and they, they put it right next to the, that tombstone. And the guy, he, he was reading that, and on, on the board it says, it says, stay right there. Oh, to follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> I think we have a different perspective of winning and losing. I think sometimes we think when we die, we lose, and when we, if we can stay alive longer, and we have a lot of great medical advances, and so we can, we can live actually longer than we have in, in, in past years, and we're just really advanced, but I want to say this, that have, have you ever wondered what God thinks whenever, uh, this is such a touchy subject. Have you ever thought that God wanted to take somebody home and we just kept them alive for a while, quite a while longer, and they'd have been a lot better off if they just went on? Yeah. My dad, whenever he passed away, uh, the day that he passed away, he was he was real nervous and, and fidgety, and he he was a little bit incoherent, and he he stood up, and he just kind of looked around, and and it was. Uh, it was really kind of a uh, tough time. And he sat back down and, and I, I told him, I said, I said, Dad, I said, we're, we're good. I'm gonna, we're going to take care of Mom and, and we're going to be okay. And you can just go home and be with Jesus. And uh, that afternoon he passed away. And it was, it was almost like, I'm not saying that, that, that me telling him that was what made him go on, but, but I'm, what I am saying is that it, there, it's appointed unto man to die, the Bible says. We all have an appointment. And uh, when that time is, uh, we should be good with it. 
Now, part of the thing is, is some people don't know Jesus as their personal Savior, and it's, it's our job to help our family members to come and know Christ as their personal Savior. We have a lot of people that are moving into our area, and, and a lot of people that have been here like forever, and they're like, I don't, I don't like everybody moving in. But really, if people are moving into our area that need Jesus and we can bring Jesus to them, they, we, we need to just like be good with it. Because they need, everybody needs Jesus. And so it's just an opportunity to share Christ with other people. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory or it has been consumed and done away with because of the victory that the Lord and our, our Lord and Savior gives us through Jesus Christ gives us, and it says, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is eternal. Anybody ever, some people have reactions when they get stung by bees. And some people have reactions when they get stung by sin. Have an anaphylactic reaction because Sin got a hold of them, and we'll either let Jesus change our life or we'll let the sting of death mess us up. Jesus said, I came that you might have, I can't hear you very good, life and have it more abundantly. That's the reason that Jesus, Jesus came. Death has been defeated. The sting of death is sin, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The problem is because death has been defeated because God is a just God. Justice had to be served for our sins. In other words, no matter how good we try to be, God brings his truth into us that there has to be a compensation for our sins. And Jesus, through his sacrifice, died on the cross so we could have so that we could have justice. He took the pain that we deserved. He paid a debt that we couldn't pay because we can't be good enough to pay our own debt because we don't have that much. But the goodness of God sent his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A friend of mine, he made a statement. He says, uh, he says show me a, this is in the rodeo world. He says, show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. I don't really believe that, because in the rodeo arena, everybody loses at some point in time. Yeah. If you enter enough stuff, you're going to lose. You're not going to win everything. But he says, if you're a good loser, you'll be a loser. But I would say this, that show me an undisciplined loser <laughs> and I'll show you an undisciplined loser in life. Because as we go through life, we are all challenged by winning and losing. We're challenged by what 
how we can be successful in our businesses, how we can be successful with our children, with raising our children, how we can be successful in, in doing the right job with our kids, doing the right job with our parents and, and loving our parents the way God uh, intended for us to love our parents. Because only by knowing Jesus can there be life in all of these different relationships. And it comes because of the discipline that God puts in us to understand that death is swallowed up in victory and God God doesn't want death in your marriage. He doesn't want a death in relationship with your children. He doesn't want death in your relationship with other people because when we love God, there is always life that happens with people. It's like the fruit on a tree. Good trees produce good fruit. And it's not like, it's not like when I was growing up, it's like, I wasn't a good witness for Jesus because I was uh, kind of sh shy. And uh, my dad was a preacher, so we had to do it. We we go door to door, and, and then we they'd give us a bunch of tracks, and we'd go to different towns to pass out tracks to people. And and I got to be honest with you, I hated all that. I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I remember one time I'm confessing to you, my mom and dad aren't alive anymore, so they don't. They won't hear this. Well, they might. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But we was in this town where, where we was passing out tracts, and they gave me the most tracts because I was the preacher's kid. And I remember walking, rocking down Main Street, and there's two buildings right next to each other, and I just threw those tracts in between those two buildings. And they're like, oh, he's such a good way to get rid of all the tracts. I'm like, not really. <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, how the world can look at us and think that we're, everything's fine, but down on the inside, we really need help. Anybody here today, you need a little bit of help when it comes to the things of life and living life and being a winner in life because the closer I get to God, the more I realize I need to get closer to God. And the better I get as a Christian and the more mature I get as a Christian, I get closer to Jesus and I realize how far I have to go to really be close to Jesus because he is so much more awesomer. I know that's not a word, but I'm, I made up a word in the earlier service. I'm going to make it up now. Is that a word? It is now. He is much more awesomer than we are. Amen. Or just awesome. Okay, I, I stand corrected. So the solution, the promised life, Jesus once and for all, finally, thoroughly, irrevocably, and perpetually defeated death through the resurrection from the grave. He paid the natural consequences of our rebellion against God, and he was buried on Friday. The tomb was sealed on Friday evening. It was quietly guarded all day on Saturday and into the night, and the Roman soldiers kept watch over the, the tomb. In the early hours of Sunday morning, about dawn, as the first rays of the sun touched the place where the grave was, the stone was rolled away by the angels of heaven, and Jesus walked out of the grave. Again, death, 
This is so important. And, I, and, and if, if you don't ever get it, if you don't get anything else out of this, remember this. Death had been thoroughly, finally, completely, irrevocably, and perpetually defeated. He defeated death. Get a hold of it. Get it. Let it become a part of your spirit. And whenever you have to deal with death in different areas of your life, deal with the death of a saint as somebody who has made, uh, uh, has been graduated into the kingdom of heaven. You can grieve for them. And we do grieve for them. But, but really, honestly, we're grieving more for ourselves because they're good. We just miss them, and it's okay to miss them. Amen. So the final solution to the problem of eternal death through the resurrection, this opportunity of a promised life, is it's at the very heart of Christianity. Nothing comes close to it. This simple truth says Jesus, apart from all the other prophets, the philosophers, the teachers, the leaders, the great men, the great women of the world, Jesus is different. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Paul puts it this way. He says, I passed on to you what I received. I passed on to you what I received. You know, you can't give something away until you have it. You can't pass something on to somebody else until you possess it. He said, I'm passing this on to you so that you can receive it. But after you've received this message and this, this comfort and this truth, that, then you can pass it on to other people. So I pass this on to you and that Christ died for our sins, our sins, as the scripture says, then he was buried, raised to life on the third day, as the scripture says, and that he was seen by Peter then by the 12 apostles after that, Jesus was seen by more than 500 of the believers at the same time. Most of them are still living today or at the time that he wrote this, but some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by the apostles. Last, he was seen by me. This amazing story and this amazing gift that after Jesus passed Away in the garden tomb, he was seen by several, over 500 people later on. This amazing life that Jesus led was the inspiration for others to lay down their lives for him. And I would just put, I just want to put a challenge in you today to, to take hold of this thought that we are not our own. That we've been bought with a price and, and we belong to God. And so whenever, whenever we make our choices and our decisions in life. This is going to be challenging, but when we make our choices and our decisions in life, we say, God, what do you want before we say, God, this is what I want? I get amused at my horses because I like to rope, and whenever I like to rope, they have to like to rope. Because I never ask them, uh, hey, Want to go rope? <laughs> no, I don't do that. Like, like I, I catch him, put the halter on him, brush him, put the saddle on him, and uh, put him in the trailer. They don't, they don't, they're, they're not like, oh, I don't want to get in the trailer today. <laughs> Y'all, I mean, it's a simple concept, but too many times we want what we want before we ask God what he wants. 
And if you belong to God, if you belong to God, it's not about what I want anymore. It's about what God wants for me because he actually knows more about why I was created than I really know. And I'm more at peace with the gift that he put in me. And I can walk in that gift because he will show me how to expand that gift that he put in me and the talent that he put in me so that I can use that for God's kingdom. And he'll do all of the same things for you because each and every one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the only way that we will fulfill our potential is by knowing the God who created us and made us so that we could have true life because there's a lot of I, I think the reason that the zombie movies are so popular is because there's a lot of zombie people wandering around <laughs> we got to have a reason we got to have a purpose for life can you say amen to that so the promised life must have an eternal perspective. This is something I got I to stop. The, something that God's put in me in the past few months is to view everything that I do from an eternal perspective. And the reason I think that he's challenged us to do that is because everything that Jesus did, he had an eternal perspective with it. I mean, every, you think about it, everything that Jesus did he had an eternal reason and an eternal perspective in that. So it doesn't matter if we're out on the golf course, if we're, if we're making dinner, if we're, if, we're, if we're out on the lake fishing. If, if, see, Jesus, he brought eternal things to the fishermen. And, and it doesn't matter if you're in the arena roping. It doesn't matter if you're at home with your kids, if you're teaching them or talking to them. No matter what we're doing, let's bring eternity into the conversation. I'm going to tell you, it'll change, it'll change your life. So historians tell us that the fate of the apostles was very real. Simon Peter, the fisherman, was crucified with his head down because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified like Jesus. We're talking about perspective. Perspective is like, I can't believe I'm going to get crucified. That wasn't Peter's perspective. His perspective was that I'm unworthy to be crucified like Jesus Turn me upside down. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Andrew, Simon's brother, a fisherman, he was crucified at Patras in Acacia. James, uh, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded. John, the brother of James, uh, banished to the Isle of Patmos. He, he died a natural death in Ephesus in AD 100. Philip was martyred at Heropolis. Bartholomew, skinned alive, then beheaded. It's like it's not enough to be skinned alive. Thomas, you remember him doubting Thomas, was speared to death in Madras. Matthew was martyred in Ethiopia. James martyred in Egypt. Jude was killed in Persia. Simon was either crucified or hacked to death in Persia. Matthias was martyred in Ethiopia. Paul was beheaded in Rome. The apostles lived and died for the truth that Jesus spoke. Do you know why they were willing to do all that for Jesus? Because they had encountered a God who laid down their life for them, and they counted themselves valuable 
to give their lives for the cause of Christ. And we have it in our world today. There are martyrs in our world today, not so much in America, but I would say this today that Jesus isn't calling us to die for him. He's calling us to live for him and to take what we have and who we are and bring it into the context of eternity. They view death as a promotion and an honor to die for Jesus. Promised life. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, it says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruit. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, you remember Adam, and even from the time Adam and Eve ate of the tree, death came into the world. And all through, all through the Old Testament, uh, death was such a real part of, of the law. And then it says, for as in Adam we all die, for so, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards, those who are Christ at his coming. Those who belong to Christ at his coming will live eternally. Christ the firstfruits. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God to the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power. In other words, the authority that he has given down here, he's allowed uh, what's happened here and given authority to governments, he's given authority to people, he's given authority to rulers and kings. But he said at that point in time, he's gonna take all of that authority back for he must resign, he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet and the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. I love that. So it's not about works. I believe a lot of churches have missed the point completely about why Jesus came It's not about good works. It's not about being good moral people. It's quite simply the fact that we we live because Jesus lived, because Jesus came and he gave his life for us. I want to say this. I'm sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's people here as well as people watching online that think that they need to be good enough so that they can go to heaven. I know that's the truth. Because that's something that I think all of us wrestle with. Am I good enough? I'm going to tell you something. It's not about you being good. It's about you accepting Jesus' goodness. And then because Jesus was good, you will follow him in his goodness because you understand that the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is eternal. But because you've received Christ as your personal savior, eternal life is for you because of Jesus' sacrifice, not because of your goodness. There's a lot of false religions today that teach. You stay with me here. There's a lot of false religions that teach today that you can get to heaven by your works. They're very popular religions. You do this, do this, do this, you can go to heaven. Do this, do this, do this, you can go to heaven. I'm telling you something, that is 
idol worship because it's saying that you are your own God and you can be good enough and you don't need the sacrifice of Jesus. I'm going to tell you this morning, we need the sacrifice of Jesus because we will never be that good. Amen. We need it. And that's what brings life to us. You see, without the resurrection, the whole of faith comes crashing down to a religion of works. You don't know. <laughs> you don't really know what love is until your love gets tested. Got any married people here? You don't ever really know what love is until your love gets tested. You see, when I was like 15 or 16, I, like, I take girls out on a date, and if you go, if you date them too long, they would say, do you love me? And it was almost like an ultimatum, like, if you don't love me, then, and I'm like, mm, I don't know for sure. I think maybe, yeah, I kind of love you. I've got to love everybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I thought I knew what love was. I thought I knew what love was when I got married, so I went ahead and married Darla. Because I thought I was in love. Because I thought I knew what love was. 33 years later, I didn't have a clue. I mean, like, I didn't get married till I was like 33 years old, like pretty old. And we'd go to those rodeos, me and Darla, we'd go to these rodeos and these, some of my old girlfriends would come up and start talking to me in the window to pick up while Darla was sitting there. That didn't go over very well. <laughs> and so I realized in order for there to be life in the place I wanted there to be life in, Something else had to die. I'll just say this. There may, we may need to have some funerals here today. There may be some things in your life that you need to bring to the altar and just leave it there and not go back toward it. There's some things in order for Jesus to live in your life, some things have to die. In order for your marriage to thrive, you're going to have to give up something so your marriage can thrive. If, so you can be a good mama, you're a good daddy, some things that, that you really... See, it's all about what God has brought to you and, and embraced in you and given you authority over so that you can be a good steward of the blessing because... A blessing isn't really a blessing unless you're responsible with that blessing. Because you can really be blessed and be cursed with the blessing because you didn't handle the blessing correctly. Because something didn't die in order for the things that God rose up inside of you, something else has to die so that you can have time to do the things that God's called you to do. Something's got to turn loose, turn loose of something so you can grab a hold of something else. And I, I'm, I'm just preaching 
I'm preaching to all of, I'm preaching to me because it's always a challenge when we live in this world that we live in to turn loose of what needs to be turned loose of, to grab hold of what needs to be grabbed hold of, to let live what God has brought to us to live, but also to kill what needs to be killed in our lives. The sting of death is what is it? Somebody tell me what the sting of death is. What is it? Thank you. The sting of death is sin. I think I better ask that question. I didn't get a too big a response right there. What is the sting of death? Sin. Oh, okay, I got you, I got you. And the power of sin is what? It's eternal. The power of sin is eternal. Woo! You wonder why God doesn't want us to sin? It's not good for us. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory over all these things. How do we get that? None by being good. We get it through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Several, uh, several months back, Donna and I went to Colorado and we went to, uh, I never have been really big on going to cemeteries. Uh, as a preacher, I go to a lot of cemeteries to do funerals. And Darla got on the Ancestry.com and, and she's trying to figure out all of our all of our relatives and everything and all of my relatives and uh, so she wanted to go to the cemetery in Cortez, Colorado so my cousin was up there and we went over to the cemetery and saw my granny, my granddad's tomb, saw uh, his wife's uh, uh, graveside and uh, uh, different uh great aunts and uncles and uh, for the first time maybe maybe the first time ever I really just kind of stopped and kind of thought about it because no matter no matter every one of those people that we had anything to do with we were always the ones doing the funeral and if, and if we weren't old enough at that point in time to do the funeral, uh, we had to sing at it. And, uh, uh, and then on the way back, my mom's mom's uh, graveside is in Dalhart, Texas. And her, her mom died when she was like 16. So we never met her. But when we stopped there and looked at that graveside, I looked at that tombstone and I started to cry. And then I just started really crying. And I told Darla, I said, I don't even know what's going on here. I don't, I've never met this woman. 
I don't even know why I'm crying. I realized that I had never stopped long enough to grieve for any of these people. They were my relatives because I had so much responsibility trying to take care of business. that I need to slow down and I need to smell the roses and appreciate these people's lives that my heritage and uh, quick story my brother at my granddad's funeral he uh, I mean, some of those funeral parlors, they, they put the organ in a little back room by themselves, and then they put the singers in the back room by themselves, and then, they, so you can't see them. I don't know why they do that, but that's part of the deal. So me and Russ, we were sitting in the back by the, by the funeral, the, by the organ, and, the, and Russ was, we had to sing a song. I don't remember what we sang, but Russ, Russ starts tapping his toe while Dad's preaching my granddad's funeral. And I looked over at him, I said, what are you doing? He said, I got the, I, he said, a song, I got a song, a song came to me. And uh, I'm like, well, stop it. And he just keeps kind of doing this, you know, and, and I'm like, Russ, we're at a funeral. You need to stop jamming over there. And, uh, and so I was just all kinds of angry in my self-righteousness. We go out to the, do the, get in the hearse, because we got to ride in the hearse with the casket. And he's like, I got this song. He says, it's just a great song. I said, Russ, shut up. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so after it's all over, he told me what the song was. And, and the song was, to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. And he says, this earthly life we're living, I might even sing it for you. It's coming to an end. So I cried unto the Lord, what will I do then? Then while I was praying, a brand new life he gave. So along with Paul, I now can say, to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body, absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And then I liked it so much, I wrote the second verse. It says, this earthly life we're living, it's coming to an end, so I, no, I forgot. <laughs> it's okay. But it's, it's it, honestly, let's take a different look at, at death and begin to look at life the way God has us look at life. And let's, under, let's honor the Jesus who overcame death in the grave and he's the resurrected Jesus. And let's walk out of these doors in victory today because the victor over death lives inside of us. Amen. Can we do that? So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for your many blessings. We thank you, Lord, that uh, to be absent from this body is to be present with you, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you have made a way so that we can have eternal life and that we can appreciate and accept you, Lord, as we uh, experience this beautiful thing called being born again. We thank you, Lord, that your word lives inside of us. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. 
If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, the Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God. In other words, we're, none of us are able to come into the presence of God uh, if it wasn't for Jesus. So we, accepting him as your Savior means that, that, that you want to have him as your Lord and so that you want to have a relationship with him for the rest of your life. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone open, I'll come in and be with them. So this morning, if you've never accepted him, maybe if you haven't, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. Slip your hand up high. Thank you. Back in the back. I want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Yep, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, partner. I want to put a Bible in your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. I don't want to miss anybody. It's the greatest privilege, greatest privilege known to mankind is a relationship with your creator. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Amen. If you raise your hands, would you mind look up, look up, looking up at me? Look up at me. Come on up and let me pray with you. Back in the back, over here. Come on. Come on up and let me pray with you. Come on, you guys. Come on. Bless you. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you guys. Look at you. I'm proud of you. But tell me your name, Jesse. Jesse. Thank you for coming. Listen, I'm going to pray with you in a second. Let's, let's let these come down. Amen. Amen. I'm so proud. Beautiful. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. How are you? Bless you. What's your name? Thank you for coming down. So here's what the Bible says. Y'all listen to this too. If you raise your hands, please listen to it. And also, there's uh, people online as well. They need it, need, asking Jesus in their heart right now. So the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead that we'll be saved. It's all about faith and, and, and a committing to God and saying, God, I, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I mean, I'm preaching about it, so I don't need to preach anymore, but I just want to help you pray, okay? So I'm going to help you confess, but y'all believe in your hearts, okay? Y'all help us pray. Just bow your heads. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now look here. Things won't be perfect, you know, when you leave. But now you have help. Acknowledge him. Just, just talk to God like talking to you and, and ask him to help you. Get up every morning, read a little bit out of that Bible and let, let him show you. And when you read your Bible, ask him what he's trying to say to you through that. Don't just do it just, just, to, just to be reading. But ask him what he wants to show you and he'll, he'll show you the way. And we encourage you to keep showing up. We can't help you if you don't show up. Okay? So proud of you. Bless you. Go visit these people for a second. Bless you, partner. So proud of you. Bless you. Stand with me, please. So grateful for everybody watching online as well because 
we know there's people that give their heart to the Lord online every Sunday morning as well. And so we're, we're grateful for that as well. So this morning, how many will say, preacher, Is there anybody else here that, that gets distracted by the things that are in the world and the eternal things kind of get on the back burner sometimes? Yeah. How many, how many say, preacher, I need to prioritize eternity much better than I'm doing? Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Let's all raise both hands and surrender to God. Lord, we thank you, Lord. You see our hands. We pray, oh God, that you would help us, Lord, as we walk through this week, Lord, to prioritize the eternal things and understanding that, uh, that death is not for us, but eternal life is what you created us for. And I thank you, Lord, for everybody here, everybody watching online, everybody that received you as our personal Savior, Lord. Help us to follow through and be faithful to you and to share you and share you with other people. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless y'all. We sure do love you. We've got our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, God bless you.